reading some of the cosmic horrors. The stars are right once again. A great old ones allow us to talk about for 30 plus minutes. H.P. Lovecraft, the horror writer who is a genre onto himself. I am your cosmic host, Mark Griffin, executive of the Lovecraft Estate on Yagat. Joined in by, by two from the material world, David Guffey, who is actually currently on Simon in Louisville to locate George Fetter's printing business. And Richard Wilson, who has a lingering foot injury card he cannot get rid of. Our guests today are Martina Brindley and Sam Orndorff. And we are all here to talk about a board game called Eldritch Horror. So Richard, why don't you explain what that game is? All right, Eldritch Horror is a cooperative tabletop board game in which anywhere between say two and I'm not sure what the maximum number is, eight players uh, are able to choose different characters that have different types of attributes and stats and abilities and that type of thing. And you work together to overcome an Eldritch Horror conspiracy to bring the old ones uh, or specific great old ones into existence and threaten the world and that type of thing. Goes through three different phases where you get to choose, you know, the uh, what you want your characters to do, move them around the board, either individually or working together with the other players. And then the other phases are where you encounter the various creatures or then the forces working against you get to then start making their moves on the board uh, and then begin again, you know, at that point to try to Again, stop the, the eldritch horrors from rising from the depths. So what's this guy do with Lovecraft? Uh, I believe as far as when we tested this out last week, what was the uh, Lovecraftian entity that we failed to prevent this rise? Azeroth. Azeroth. Azeroth's in there. I believe Cthulhu's in there. Um, there are a lot of elements from uh, Lovecraft's mythos, uh, particularly the Elder Gods, as far as that's concerned. Surprisingly, very few of the characters, the playable characters, are characters from Lovecraft stories, uh, but there are types that are similar, say, as far as a private investigator, you know, and that's along those lines, as far as that's concerned. And then each of them are unique in their own way, so that um, working together, you kind of use your abilities together to accomplish your goals. And we got to play this with um, Martina, who bought a copy of this, and how long have you had this copy? I've had it since May 2020. So over a year, and we couldn't meet to play because of the pandemic, so, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So how'd you first hear of this game? I heard about this from my sister, who is in Slovakia, and her boyfriend, because they love playing this game, and then I heard you all talking about H.P. Lovecraft, and I read few of his novels, so I just got interested, and it looked really complex and fun, so, and a good challenge, so I just thought it's a good game to get. You've read it ever since, haven't you? You've regretted it ever since, haven't no. you? <laughs> well, I regretted it. I bought it and then we couldn't play it for over a year. So, <laughs> yeah. That was the hassle. Yeah. And uh, so, Sam, what did you think of the game when you played it? I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. And I liked that I continued to think about the game even after we de were done and had gotten home and how we could have played better the next time if we get to play it again. Ways to actually accomplish, not, not to give a spoiler, but we lost. <laughs> so, yes, we failed to prevent the, the great old ones coming. Yes, we had um, Azeroth arrive in the earth and he scorched it completely. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Sorry, earthlings, you know, we'll try better next time. <laughs> we didn't have a good grasp of game mechanics until it was too late. Yeah. Well, it was kind of close, though. Like, we were chasing with the death and <laughs> we almost won if I think we, we didn't make stupid it. mistakes. Yeah. We we'll know have. better next time. Yeah. And so uh, uh, I know we looked up several videos, all of us did, to watch it, try to figure out the rules and all that. And it, it made it look very complicated. When you started mm -hmm. playing, it wasn't anywhere near as complicated as I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I noticed that it, it comes with these, it comes with these two rule books that you can see and really you could just do, that sort of makes it seem like it's gonna be a lot more complicated than it is, I think, and might scare people away, but really you could pull it down just to one small little pamphlet, I think. Yeah, like again, reference card. I think we used on the back of this kind of has a uh, kind of a reference sheet going through the different phases of the game. And we use that more really than flipping through the book and looking for specific things because it kind of guides you through, okay, we're starting the beginning of a turn again. So this is what you as, <clears throat> as the players will do. And then these are the various things that you will encounter. And then these are what the, uh, the Eldritch Conspiracy will be doing next. Yeah, and it, it took us only several rounds, like two or three rounds, right? Mm -hmm. To kind of learn and know what we need to do without having to look at the rule book. And so, uh, uh, what was your favorite parts of the game? Hmm. <laughs> I, I like the, the cooperative aspect because everybody mm -hmm. had different abilities that they kind of, their characters brought to the table. Um, and you kind of realized when you tried to go one on one with the various monsters and whatnot that that was an ill advised <laughs> thing <laughs> to try to do. <laughs> Can you explain that a little bit better about the cooperative aspect? Uh, like, for instance, my character uh, was more kind of like a supportive character. Uh, he was able to restore player sanity or to boost their combat if they were in combat with someone versus, um, say, in other instances. Like, uh, that is Baby Cthulhu speaking right now. <laughs> so we, we pardon for the interruption, but when Baby Cthulhu speaks, we have to listen. <laughs> Okay, you can resume now. Versus, like, say, for, uh, what was your character, the, the cultist, able to do? Uh, she she could kill um, cultist monsters. Right, as far as in, as far as more of an you know an offensive ability. So as far as when you combine these things, particularly, uh, I guess something else we left out. You can acquire, you could use one of your ability or your turns to try to acquire different objects or spells or books or weapons and those kind of things, and those can boost your skills and your attributes, and uh, those can help you out in those confrontations as well. Yeah. You you really have to know your character, I think, to play it correctly, because I was doing things at first with my character that I shouldn't have been. I kept trying to collect the reserve things, but I shouldn't have, because I only had one dice to roll, and, <laughs> and I just continued to lose, and I was wasting my action moves trying to get something that really obviously wasn't meant for my character, when I should have just, my character his main action was that he could get rid of monsters without rolling or doing anything specific. And I should have been concentrating on doing that rather than using my actions to try to acquire items. Your character had a lot of bad luck. You know, <laughs> yeah, because I, mean, I, I, uh, I think that had to do with, I wasn't using him in the correct <laughs> way. <laughs> Perpetually was getting struck with paranoia and madness, uh, yeah. injuries yeah. and whatnot. Uh, that, uh, what you were saying, Richard, shows a lot how you need to cooperate more is when we started, we sort of, everybody went in a different direction, I think. We were like, okay, well, I'm going to go here. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to go, go investigate here. over here. I'll see you later. And you really need to, you start out in different places on the board. It's, you know, your character, each character starts in a different place, but you really need to try to find out who's who and meet up. Mm -hmm. And um, create teams. Yeah, create teams based on who's who. Because I my character was really weak physically but his mental stability was high he wouldn't be scared of monsters but he couldn't really fight very well and he couldn't collect uh items so i would need to be with somebody who is a little bit more like chris's character was an adventurer and he had yeah, he, he had yeah, like, he ended up physical abilities he had all these mm -hmm. dice so he ended up with a stack of playable items that he could use he had 
So he had all those people that he could have him join yeah. him. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. again, another one of the things you can pick up are the, the allies as far as you can have an al uh, an ally card, which is kind of uh, somebody following you around, helping you out. I believe he had, what was it, a Vatican missionary or something yeah. like that. And then yeah. that guy was going around helping protect his sanity and helping boost him in combat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same trouble with my character, but I don't know. I feel like I was, because I was trying to focus on all the rules and try to, you know, make sure that we're playing this right, that I wasn't focusing so much on the character and on my, on the story as much, you know. But yeah, my character was the psychic, so I, might, I didn't have very good strength abilities, so I was really bad at fighting, so I was just losing all the time. I somehow didn't require many assets. So until I finally got an X, then... I finally was able to defeat few monsters, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of, you need to, I guess, learn to play it smart and know what you need to gain and when. And when you should like maybe prepare before you decide to go to a certain place and find monsters, then you should, and close the gates that they came from, then we should probably prepare before. So, you know, we have enough strength and have all the abilities to defeat them. All right, explain about the gates, what were the gates? So, so during the game, we pick random cards, usually these, they're called Mythos cards, and they're very uh, evil cards that always spawn more gates, and which means every, every time a gate opens on random field, on random space, you also have to put a monster in it. So usually when, as we were moving around and we defeated monster finally on one or two spots, we just got this one of these cards, and then we had to put another three monsters out. So it's pretty destructive. <laughs> Quite yeah. a few monsters. Mm -hmm. And the gates were not like gates like a picket fence or anything. They were interdimensional gates. Yeah, right. <laughs> like they're still a horrible right beyond. <laughs> yes. And where are those cards? Like the the way how maybe we could say something about how you fight the monsters. Like you have to test your will and your strength. And then each monster has like its own uh, toughness, which you need to, it kind of, you subtract the points. So usually you have to fight it more than just during one round and other people who are there with you have to help you. So right. very cooperative in that aspect mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And that's, I guess, one of the faults we <laughs> didn't think of earlier. We were not really sure. Can I say like how we failed? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Or are we trying, you know? Uh, so, yeah, as we played, we didn't really understand like why do we need to go to these gates and self-sacrifice <laughs> and kill the monsters and close the gates until we realized that these cards, the mythos cards, the longer you play, the more gates they open. And every time the Doom track moves closer to zero and you have to, it's like connected to how many gates are open. So we always had more and more gates open, which meant that the Doom Trek was moving closer and closer to the end of the world. So, and that's why we failed and so, died. Uh, I guess you, to explain that, I guess the Doom Doomsday Clock that we had to fight against mm, as yeah. well. Explain that, you know. Oh, or one of I don't know, someone else. Uh, there's a counter involved as far as it's basically a countdown to the end of the world that starts, depending on which elder god you're trying to, who's, you're trying to stop from rising, starts at a certain uh, spot on the on the board for us it was I think 15 spaces back from end of the world but each time the turn would end they would get to move forward by default one space but there's again if we if there are a certain number of gates open 
then it gets bonus moves. So if we weren't closing the gates fast enough, or even at the beginning of the game, even realizing we needed to be closing the gates, and then realize, as we read over the rules saying, okay, the doom counter moves forward one, but if you have gates, this many gates open, it moves forward one for each gate that's open. So it moves forward four more, and then that kind of speeds up the, the countdown that you're racing against. Yeah, that was a yeah, that was, that, scenario, that was a key error in our gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so what were some of the things that um, you didn't like about the game? Or is this, the game still too new for the, the, the say so. thing? No, I, I couldn't find anything wrong with it. I, I enjoyed playing it. I didn't, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I can say I don't know enough about it to, <laughs> to pick out. To start, yeah, 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 belittling like, like, the game mechanics. Yeah. I thought the combat was a, maybe a little too complicated. Yeah, at least or as far as the way just, we currently understand I just didn't it. understand it at the yeah. time. Mm -hmm. yeah, we may be playing it wrong for all we know. Yeah, yeah. we may need to revise you know, our approach to the combat. Mm -hmm. There didn't seem to, and we, we kept looking it up, and I, there, there didn't seem to be a, you know, a solid answer mm -hmm. to how you fought. It wasn't like, you know, do this to do this. Mm -hmm. It was just sort of, it was very vague, I yeah. thought. Yeah. But there's there's probably videos out there that maybe explain what we should be doing. <laughs> a closer reading of the rules. Yeah, yeah it was pretty late, it was pretty late in the evening at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had a lot um, of Sam's meat during that adventure. Huh? Yeah. I think that contributed to us not understanding. <laughs> oh, I don't need to fight this one. <laughs> um, one thing that I really liked about this game is the randomness. And like every game you play, it's different because there's so many cards, I think like two to 300, something like that. So even though if you, even if you play with the same ancient one or, you know, every game is different because it's just based on the randomness of what cards you just pull that day. So that means like it just always changes. Well, on top of that, how many expansion packs did you say you noted yeah. yesterday? There were eight. Oh, that's more than wow. that. Yeah, and I didn't realize the game had been out long enough to have that many expansion packs, mm -hmm. which then means even more replayability as far as the number of additional mm -hmm. player characters that they can add, or old ones, or other types of game mechanics and items and whatnot. Yeah, we'd be curious to see, you know, yeah, what those consist of. Mm -hmm. I think before before we start taping, and Martinez says that we each need to get one. Mm -hmm. One of the expansion packs. Yeah. yeah. So that way you can bring it for the. Where did you? See, were they on? I saw it on Wikipedia, and uh, they mentioned it, but I'm, I'm sure it's probably on Amazon yeah, you can get it, or Walmart.com, something like that. That's where I got this. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I say that even though I'm not getting any royalties from that. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That's the key. Yeah. When they start getting flooded with customers, you know, then <laughs> yeah. they'll start, you know, saying, well, hey, we need to advertise them here. And I think another cool thing about this is that pretty much every card you pick, even though even when you try to get a card and like improve something, then it's all just your destiny, what you roll, you know, like if you don't, it just because you try to uh, gain something doesn't mean you gain it, you know, for example, a dagger or something, but then or a spell, but it can actually like turn against you often right like you can actually get certain conditions if you fail so it's very unpredictable yeah one thing we didn't end up exploring uh to try to acquire the items you can take out a bank loan mm. <laughs> yeah. and acquire debt from the bank and then apparently that it come back to haunt you in certain in various turns <laughs> later as far as now you turn it over and see how you have to go back mm. paying back that debt but 
nobody wanted to to dip their toe into that. <laughs> so. uh, as soon as we struck any monopoly territory, right there, yeah, you know, so you start like you know loan money out. And, I didn't need that dagger this bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it's it's an interesting concept, but it doesn't really strike me as being Lovecraftian. Well, it depends. Yeah, who you're making this deal with. Mm -hmm. I I kind of like the if you're into this sort of thing, the Easter egg hunt involved in the game. You know, each one, it's not so blatant that everything is you know Lovecraft centered, but uh, they do you know drop certain names and certain creatures, and it's not all just Lovecraft. It's also people who've expanded on his work and they use some of it. You mentioned one of the creatures I didn't know. You said was from another person's work that really had just had expanded on Lovecraft's mythos. Yeah, it was Frank Bellop Malone. I can't remember the creature's name, but he was from, a, he was the Hounds of Telio. I, I can't pronounce that name right. But you know, he was from one of them, Frank Bellop Malone. He was part of this, the circle of Lovecraft and probably one of his closest friends that he had you know, in the world too. So, you know, there's, I haven't looked at all the cards, but I'm sure there's some others. Mm -hmm. you know, so there's got to be um, Tosogiga, right? You say his name. Oh, I imagine. As yes. far as the more that we delve into it, we'll see a lot of you know a lot of a lot of the people you meet are related. I think you met Edward Darby, maybe. Yeah, I think I one of the Darby's you, you met. Yeah. Was Pickman? Pickman was in there. Pickman yeah. was in there too. So this shows up. So it's like it's in some ways it's very Lovecraft, but sometimes the characters didn't strike as being very Lovecraft. No, and there weren't any specific as far as oh, it's this guy from the stories. I think as much as it was more like archetypes, and make sure that there was a good mix of different types of characters and not. Everybody is a shadow, in a way, you know, a private investigator carrying with a dark secret. <laughs> like an actress, they had that, um, was a blues trumpeter, was that your character? That was <laughs> and, um, you were a professor. Just, yeah, from Miscatonic. So that's a, one of the more oh, Lovecraftian in the yeah. mall. And I guess uh, mine was a reformed cultist. So uh, I don't know how many reformed cultists are in Lovecraft's work and all that. But most time they pretty much die hard. And I'm not sure what the characters were. What was your character? Psychic. The psychic. Mm -hmm. That was just it, just psychic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I think he was an actress too, wasn't that? Chris was just, I think he was, he was just uh, sort of prototype adventurer guy. Yeah, that's what I felt. Yeah, 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 yeah that's what he was. Man of action adventurer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think my, my special ability as, a, as the psychic was that I could help someone if someone else, if one of you were fighting somewhere else and you were losing your health, I could like interrupt and like help you gain one health point back, which is like kind of on the distance, you know, I was mm -hmm. able to use my ability. To travel through your astral form to mm -hmm. the battle. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what mysteries remain of this game that, you know, like unanswered questions, you know, when you're playing, you're still trying to figure out. Well, there, were those, there were those rumor cards that we apparently didn't use correctly. And then there's some eldritch tokens that we're still a little puzzled by. How to find monsters. I exactly what it means. That would apply to yeah. I'd say that as far as, yeah, there's, there's still, yeah, some odds and ends as far as, again, little bits, like I said, uh, those kind of various tokens that seemed like it, it wasn't clear where they came into play. And then as we were playing, I think we still hadn't quite figured them out. There's some eldritch tokens that have multiple purposes depending on what type style of game you're playing or what you're playing and i think we may not have deployed those the way that you're you're supposed to according to the rules mm -hmm. yeah. apparently they go on that um that omen track yes and so yeah like, and that was where we were 
Were we supposed to be putting them? Yeah, we had cards <laughs> saying like remove one or something from the Omen track. And then yeah. like, there's not one there to begin with. <laughs> there are certain things we haven't played with, but I think it's because we didn't really get cards that would say, tell us to do it. So like, yeah, we didn't place those rumor tokens or place Eldritch tokens on the Mythos card list, you know. But I think that wasn't us, that was the game. <laughs> yes, that was a failure of the game. None of us as players. Yes. <laughs> the, uh, the action phase is really important because even though there's three phases, the other two phases are basically just things happening to you and you really have no control over other than making them not happen or like right. something right. bad yeah. happening yeah. to yeah. rolling to prevent something terrible from happening to you. Yeah. So you really have to use your action phase wisely and not, you know, roll for things that you can't get. Right. Which, well, that's what I did a lot. <laughs> and um, you don't want to, you want to try to avoid getting maldies or, you know, uh, thing madness is because that really because you need to use one of your actions yeah you get two actions per round so uh, you end up having to use one of your actions to try to get rid of your you can have psychoses and uh hallucinations what happened to you at the it was like one become like a dark pack or something yeah if you yeah forget about that it's i'm trying to remember exactly you you get these cards if you fail on a roll and um each card has two phases to it. So you hold the card and on each action, you can use one of your action turns to try to get rid of it. But it's really hard because you only get one die to try and roll a five or a six. So if you don't do that, you have to continue to hold the card through every round. And at the end, oh, at the mythos round, when the card is drawn, you have to roll against your malady card. And if you uh, fail it, then it, you have to flip it over and read what it has. And it's usually something built on to what you already had. So I had, uh, I guess I had a madness from hallucinations and then I failed on the roll. And when I flipped it over, I had a dark pack and you can't get rid of dark pack. <laughs> you have it for the entire game and you have to roll against it at the, at each mythos round. And if you fail it, I think you're pretty much just done for the, for the game. Oh, speaking of, yeah, as far as your character, if it, you succumb to madness or die or that kind of thing, uh, you are able then to respawn as one of the, as a different player, but then you lose, say, if you've acquired this treasure chest of items or followers or that kind of thing, those are all gone. And so you kind of like, you're starting fresh, but at least you're not at that point saying, well, I'm going to go hang out somewhere else while you won't finish the game. <laughs> but then there is this other cool thing that if one of us died, which didn't happen, but if you just put your character down and you leave all the assets there, so whoever from us would like get on the spot, we could on the same space. Then one of the actions we could use is to gain one of those assets. And we, um, for, we forgot to do that uh, discard pile. We just kind of put yeah. it back in. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's um, another. Fault. Chris was like, he had a chance to like get some from the discard pile. And he's like, <laughs> no discard. There is none. <laughs> There's nothing for me. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so I guess you'll be willing to play it again sometime then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we probably will someday, you know. Mm -hmm. So what were some of the highlights you know, from the game that you like? Is there any like really outstanding, funny or wacky moments, you know, from there that, that you remember? Like standing perpetually. Losing sanity. <laughs> perpetually, you know, it's being as though every encounter turn he'll be, you know, afflicted with a different malady. And he had more of those than he did <laughs> assets as far as say, you know, oh, I've got, you know, this, you know, 
book of spells or a magic dagger and say, because I have paranoia and I have a bad back and I have madness. <laughs> so, <laughs> we try to get rid of one and then another, get another one after that. Yeah, I think my character we never got to meet, you know, had like it was a sanctuary. Could you like like ward away a lot of that yeah, stuff? That was, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you could have helped him had you ever shared the same space with him. Yeah. Which again is why cooperative gameplay is very important. Mm -hmm. But we were never like ever close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you can you can uh, trade your items uh, with, your, with the other players as well. So if someone had something that would benefit, say as far as oh, I've got something that would help me fight. But I'm not a good fighter. Then you could give it to your to another character who is a good fighter in exchange for them providing you with you know an item that's more helpful to you. And I guess we should explore, explain that the board game basically a map of the world. Oh, and, right. You know, mm -hmm. and, um, yeah. and basically every character starts off at some point. You know, this has some uh, some significance to them. You know, like your character was a New Orleans musician, so it was in New Orleans. I that think was he correct, was in, technically he was in the deep south. But, deep south. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my character was in South America, I guess Central America. It's kind of in that limbo area there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and what, what's what did you start? Arkham started in Arkham. Of course, I guess, yes. I guess the only sort of well, are there any more? I think there are some that are that seem you know pulled from Lovecraft mythos as opposed to just being you know a standard you know your Londons and your Tokyos and that kind of. Where was your character? I think it was in San Francisco. I can't remember. I don't know why. I know it was in America also. So I was surprised that we all actually, by how randomized it was, we most of us were actually on the same continent. So that was pretty cool. However, we didn't know how we should really, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that we should walk together to places instead of just... Right. Well, live and learn, I guess. Right. But that was my, my favorite time. part of the game was when towards the end, we finally knew like we're supposed to go and have a certain goal, same goal together. And we were finally proceeding there. And when we realized, okay, we're doing this, we have to close this. And we're almost like we had, we had enough uh, cards. We only needed like one more card to kind of to win the game, maybe win the game. <laughs> I guess you'll never know, but then it was just too late. Like when we finally knew what we should be doing, it was too late. We had too many gates open and Doom Trigger was just crazily progressing and, you know, just killed us. Yeah, we were on the third card yeah. for the Mythos and we had like, we need like four I think those clues. Eldritch tokens. And yeah. Eldritch tokens. Uh -huh. And I think we had like one two. or two on them. Two. And so it was like, um, we were yeah. close. We were close. <laughs> we could have won. Yeah. You know, but, Close only counts on horseshoes and hand grenades. <laughs> Doesn't count when the elder gods are involved. <laughs> no. Right. Uh, have any final words like to say before we wrap this up? Uh, yeah, we're doing an official review of it. And as far as yes, I would definitely recommend uh, the game, particularly if you're a fan of this style of game. These kind of these more complex uh, style board games. I can see as far as if you're if you're not used to playing those types of games, it's a lot to get your head around. But if you're accustomed to that style of game, it's not you know. The learning curve is not that bad, and if you're into this type of content and that type of thing, the Elder Chora, then you'll definitely enjoy it. What about you? Uh, I agree with everything Richard said, and also uh, I would recommend it. And also, like I said at the beginning, that it it don't be daunted by, by all the cards and all the. It's really very easy to play. You only use specific things in specific rounds, so and you do it in an order, so it's not just you know. 
things coming out of right. nowhere yeah, and right. you have to like, okay, we buy, I moved two spaces. So now I have to do this. And mm-hmm. okay. So since I did that, I have to do this. It's really, I mean, you know, each thing sort of flows into the next. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, I agree with that. (laughs) I do. So I actually really like which we didn't mention that each character has so much like written on it and it moves the story forward. I just love the creativity of it, the way how the game is written. Like that's one of the best parts of it, I think, also. And those are the ones where I have like the location on them. You pick it up and read your like your location. Uh, These are Mythos cards, but yeah, we have those too. So. I just, yeah, I like how complex it is. And yeah, it seemed to me, it seemed complicated at first when I was trying to read the rules. But then I think as we all sit down and then we just did few rounds, then, you know, like the beginning kind of the first round took us a little longer. And, but then after that, it was easy, so. Yeah, I think the best thing to do is just jump in and start playing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the times as you yeah. saying the cards will really tell you what you need to know once you know. Mm-hmm. How the game is played you'll pick the card up and it's pretty much telling you okay this is the encounter that's happening to you so do this and this is what will happen mm-hmm. and see versus you having to go back and look at the rule book for every single move that you make all right so uh, i do have some questions about you about lovecraft i want to ask you martina since yeah. english is not your natural uh, language uh did you find lovecraft difficult to read I, yes, I did. It, but actually, I love languages, so it really fascinates me, you know, how it was written. But that's why it, I haven't read too many novels because I have a really hard time reading it because it's written in this old way, right? And the words yeah. are like, it's good for me to improve my vocabulary, yeah. but I don't know, like, it, the words are really complicated, like, not out of just average English vocabulary nowadays. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He uses a lot of, like, you know, obsolete and antiquated uh-huh. words. Yeah. Which I always like, like in my native language, I love those words and I usually use them actively just for fun. But yeah, it was like I had to read the sentence and like every three sentences I had to look up the word, you know, <laughs> so which is not much fun, you know. <laughs> and so, so did you know about him when you lived in Slovakia or was it something came to the United States and heard about him? Yeah, I learned about him here. I haven't heard about him before. And how did you first hear of him? Um, from just... You all, I think, talking to Sam. He said you all are talking about Lovecraft, and I watched one of your podcasts. And, yeah. So well, oh wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> I didn't know anyone was listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. We have thousands of listeners. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's a, mm-hmm. so we made an impact on somebody's yeah. life. All right. No, so, but I, so you can I reach just it, one person. Yeah. <laughs> and well, you've you made did. a difference. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Right, go on. I do find him fascinating just because, like, the more I learned about him, even before I even read like anything, you know, that he wrote, it's just interesting, just his impact, you know, on the whole, like, pretty much just how he influenced the whole literature and cinematography and everything, and just like general like how many people have all these ideas about creatures and monsters and they have no idea it comes from Lovecraft like he was the father of so many I think we're living in an age where more people are familiar with his monsters than they are from our film yeah. <laughs> and so your sister when she bought the game mm-hmm. did you tell her about Lovecraft or how did she well she knew she her boyfriend loves board games like this so he knew about the Lovecraft and so he introduced her to this. So when I got this game and I was playing it alone, I was always consulting stuff with them over the phone so to make sure I'm doing it right, you know? So yeah, but she she hasn't read anything. So he's not very, I don't know why he's not well known. 
like in Slovakia. Maybe maybe he's elsewhere in Europe, but I don't know. And he's big in Britain, I know, and I think yeah, French like but him. it's more like English yeah. culture. So yeah, I don't know. I think when I, we interviewed Josie, he said that they just recently translated uh, Lovecraft into French, and I'm just wondering mm -hmm. how well that you know, held up. Oh, cool. You know, how would it yeah. be the same effect? Mm -hmm. you know, like, how do you like, how do you replace an antiquated American word, you yeah. know, with you, you replace, use an antiquated French word or yeah, something? Yeah, or would the various elder god names just stay the same? Because mm -hmm. there's not really an equivalent as far as well, mm -hmm. we don't have a word mm -hmm. for that mm -hmm. in, yeah. in our right. language. <laughs> Guess I'll wrap this up. I uh, see the stars are no longer right once again. We must cease all discussion until they line again next month. 30 plus minutes of HP Lovecraft is secretly sponsored by the Mystery Token. Just what does that piece do? This podcast was created in association with LovecraftPod.com and the Logan Speculative Fiction Group with the help of the Logan Kind Public Library and the Great Old Ones. Special thanks to Katie Tyson for her techno craft and Joshua Dukes for his Mawa. You can reach us at mark at lovecraftpod.com or richard at richard at lovecraftpod.com. Until we meet again, may you avoid the wrath of baby Cthulhu. Mm -hmm.